Okay, welcome to Women Who Sarcast. We have a very special guest on the show this week. It's uh, comedian Mario the Butcher Montez. Welcome, Mario. Welcome Hi. to Women Who Sarcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming by. And we're just going to, you know, chit chat, be sarcastic if you feel like it. Oh, I don't I'm know very if it's, sarcastic. If it's in your bones at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just want to talk a little bit about your comic bones and how you got started with that comic bones well how i literally got started like all comedians i um started at an open mic at a local comedy club called tommy t's i did started my very first open mic in 2008 but i've been uh, i was uh wanting to do this my entire life since i was five years old mm-hmm. and i'm 52 now and um i've always been the funny guy not the clown, but the funny guy. The funny guy that's actually funny. Yes. And uh, that's just, um, you know, we're all born with something. And I'm born with a very sarcastic, I have a big mouth. <laughs> and and uh, sometimes it's gotten me in trouble. Right. So but, tell me what the first joke you remember saying. The first joke? I, I, yeah. And how old you were. Oh, man, it's so bad. It's just, it's so bad. Who who said this? And I was, I was a kid. The first, like, joke, it was um, uh, uh, maybe Anthony Newley or uh, mm-hmm. something along that line. I saw on TV, and I, or maybe it was, I don't think it was Don Rickles, but it was a horrible racist joke on TV in the 70s, and I was about six. Eight years old, seven years old, and I thought it was hilarious because I got it, <laughs> right, you know? Right, And, um, I mean, if you say that now, you would uh, um, you would be ostracized. I mean, I imagine there's comedians that, that, that still do these hack jokes, you know? But the joke was, what did uh, Abraham Lincoln say after he woke up from a five-day uh, drinking binge? Mm-hmm. And it, the punchline was, I freed the what, right? <laughs> and, and that's horrible, right? So did you go to school and tell that joke to everybody? Yes, I went to, uh, I was at Elizabeth Sherman in Oakland, you know, <laughs> and I told that to my friends, uh, Luis and Cardell, and they thought it was hilarious because it was an adult joke, you know, but um, I used to watch, in the 70s, there was a lot of, uh, you know, talk shows like Mike Douglas, Mark Griffin, you know, and the like Dinah Shore. Right, yeah, I remember. You know, there was some cool talk shows that would always have comedians, and, and I look forward to the comedians, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I knew that's what I, I wanted to do because I love these guys. And uh, even as I start to buy, um, start to acquire albums as a, um, in my uh, uh, double digit years, 11, I got my first comedy album. Freddie Prince looking good. Ah. And um, that was 1977, I got that album. And uh, I just memorized it completely and would lip sync it in my, <laughs> like as kids lip sync albums, you know, you get the music and you pretend you're a rock singer. Right, well, right. I was Freddie Prince. And I would, uh, I was at Mr. Kelly's in Chicago doing everything, the pauses. Everything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see uh, maybe his uh, his actions or his pantomimes, but I would just 
invent him right. what I thought he was doing. That was that was a weird child. And uh, did you have a comedian or a comic that you looked up to while you were young? Uh, yes, David Brenner. David okay. Brenner. I love David Brenner. I love the way he wore clothes. I loved his confidence. Mm -hmm. East Coast people have a confidence that I still to this day. Um, I love East Coast people, New Yorkers in particular. That's why you love me, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know you were from the East Coast. I am. Where? New York State. Get out of here. Yeah. Where? Poughkeepsie? Uh, north of Poughkeepsie. North of Poughkeepsie? Why'd you say Poughkeepsie? Because, <laughs> uh -huh. well, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I'm from New York. You know, they might imply they're from Manhattan or something. <laughs> right. They're from, you know, there's a place out. New Their York. dad was a custodian at Vassar or whatever. <laughs> right. But no, that's awesome. No, New York State's beautiful. It is. I've never been. That's like the city I know everything about New York. I've read everything, but I've never been. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe this year, I think we want to go. I want to go to New York. Good for I you. I have friends in New York thanks to social media. And uh, I, I, I have stage time awaiting me. Plus, you know, New York, NYC. Right. It's the city of the world. It's yeah. the greatest city in the world. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I didn't know you're from uh, I am. Yuck. I'm from the, ups the real upstate New York. Not Westchester County. Okay, so you're way up there. What What's above you? What is Where that? I live? Yeah, what is that? Where I'm Connecticut from? Connecticut or Vermont? Uh, it's Vermont. Vermont is Vermont. to the side. Yes, we're Above us there. is Canada. Once you, wow, yeah. If you go far enough. And then you're like below, was it Newfoundland is up there too? That's is quite it? a ways. That's but that's on farther. that. <laughs> I just know it's a few thousand from, miles away. from the shipping news that Kevin Spacey movie. Nice. Newfoundland, yeah, interesting place. I have to go visit that someday. That's not. It's I don't not know like these you places. You can walk across the border. And I've never been anywhere, <laughs> but I know by everywhere because they, they. I used to be a big reader. That was my right. Thing. I still am, but I, I just reading. I read, read everything, and I had to go there. And so, how do you get your material? Like, how does my it... material? And you've seen my my set. Yeah. Um, is my life. I wish I could be that guy, that would, uh, you know, pick stuff out of the news, and we're going to talk about this, and um, you know, I I don't really do that. Right. What I do is uh, I I just talk about things that I've lived. Even like my, my process, I pick something from my life that that's funny or that happened to me or whatever, and then I um, I, I exaggerate it to build it, you mm -hmm. know, to a punchline, you know, a setup, mm -hmm. you know, the premise, and, and and then and then a punchline. Sometimes there's things that are relatable, mm -hmm. you know, that I call them little throwaway lines um, that. Uh, that I'll use maybe pop culture reference, you know, right. like a little stupid line. People get laugh at it is um, when I'm talking about being 52 and I have this stuff about being old and um, I thought Cardi B was a diet, you know, right. <laughs> and the thing is, that's true. I When I first started that name like a year ago, Cardi B. I didn't know what Cardi B was, right. you know, because you see it usually like in social media. I just scroll past a lot of stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know, whatever, you know. Give it a like, keep going. <laughs> Cardi B, oh great, somebody's on a new diet, a Cardi B diet, <laughs> yeah. right? No, it's some entertainer. Right. And uh, that's not the first time that I've made that mistake. But um, So you basically talk about things that people can relate to. and, and... I found my voice in being that, uh, like, everyman, mm -hmm. you know, Um because uh, I think it, it stems from a lot of the comedians that I, um, I, I like that make me laugh. Um, right. One of the things, uh, everybody likes a big guy. You know, I don't want to come off intimidating. 
to people. And uh, so I'll use uh, um, a lot of self-deprecating humor, but not self-hating. Sure, sure. There's a difference. Um, and people relate to that. Uh, depending on the audience, um, like I love... Uh, I love a local audience, like a Bay Area audience. Right. Then I can use uh, Bay Area references. Um, in particular, I remember a few years ago, somebody caught me at the BART station changing trains, and, he, and this guy that worked there, and he was so happy. He saw me taking BART. He worked for BART, and he had just caught me um, the weekend before, and he goes, you really take BART? You know, he was really happy about that. <laughs> Because, you know, yeah, you had me cracking up. And I was thinking at the time, maybe he thought I was just making fun of Bart or something. Right. But then yeah. he actually sees what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And he was he was great. He loved it. The fact that I'm, you really take Bart? All excited. And uh, that kind of struck something with me. Right. Is to um, keep, um, keep being truthful. Keep being real. I don't have to create any kind of weird premise or something that didn't exist. Right, yeah. Because... It's just, you know, it's just too much shit to remember. Well, not only that, but I think if you come off real, then people are more receptive to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, you know, fake stuff and pretend, it's like, yeah, eh, you know, it's not so funny. But it's, if you lived it and you, you know, talk about it, then people totally can uh, Yeah, they to totally that. get it. There's a lot of things that I talk about. Um uh, some clean, some blue, but people always relate to it, and they, and they, they, you know, I get the feedback. Right. You know? So speaking of feedback, yes. How do you deal with like hecklers or people that aren't too receptive? Well, if there's somebody, a single person, um, uh, I'll never forget. It was uh, I was uh, featuring for John Witherspoon a few years ago, and uh, there was this guy. There was this thing in my act. I had. Uh, but with my dad thinking I'm gay because I never got married and don't have kids. And there was this drunk guy. Um, I'll never forget because I remember him shouting out something about he was from Stockton, you know. And, you know, Stockton people. You know, Ooh, Stockton. Stockton, you know. <laughs> so uh, he decided to interrupt. Uh, not interrupt because I didn't give him the uh, uh, energy. But he kept saying, yo, he's gay, he's gay. And, you know, he wants to make it about him, you know. Mm -hmm. and it, mm -hmm. these, you know, that's the one thing I have a problem with radio stations, giving out free tickets, you know. You give them these people that, you know, wouldn't pay the $30, right, you know. Right. So now they don't know how to act. So I thought about getting on him, but I was in the middle of a story, a funny story. So I just, like, held the microphone closer to my mouth so I could even be louder and I even, I remember cupping the top of the mic with my left hand mm -hmm. so I could even be louder because I didn't want to interrupt my story. Right. And I ended up getting the laugh that I wanted to elicit off of this story and I jumped to something else to drown him out. And eventually he's sitting there laughing at my set, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I don't really get uh, people heckling me, you right. know, you, and it'll happen. It can happen to anybody. Um and I'm glad because as, as happy as I am with my life and everything and the way things are going good, mm -hmm. I'm always afraid that, you know, I might lose my temper. Right, you know? right. And then, then, you know. That's uh, never good on stage. Well, not just that. I mean, like, lose, not control, but, you know, if somebody, I've seen some com comics, you know, uh, get really abused on stage, you know. Right, yeah. And it's like, God, I, I you know, 
I, I imagine I'll just take it as I go. Um, you, if they persist, you know, you can shut them down. And, you know, that's another thing, too. I know I can be pretty cruel, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, I'm not here to hurt anybody. But if, I would imagine, you know, because I've never had to deal with any uh, mean heckler. But right. I imagine, you know, I would handle it. You sure, know, But sure. if they get out of line... It's like, we're going to finish my set, and then I'm going to kick your ass after the show in the <laughs> right. fucking parking lot, all right? right. That's right. <laughs> you know, because I don't go to, I don't go to Jack in the Box and bother you when you're trying to make curly fries, all right? right. Go back to Stockton, all right? Right. So, um, so what advice would you give to comedians or people that want to become a comedian or just starting? The same advice I give to everybody for anything. If there's something you want to do, do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only person holding you back is yourself. Now, right, right. if you want to be a comedian, people ask me that or tell me, you know, yeah, my friends should tell me, you know, I should be a comedian, you know. Mm -hmm. And I just give them a, a standard answer. Well, you know, uh, such and such a place does have an open mic every Tuesday or something like that. You can start there, you know, uh, sign up, see if it's for you, you know. Right. Um, I had a, a friend of mine that... Uh, um, wanted to be a comedian. I helped him along, you know. Um, sometimes it's not for everybody. Yeah. But uh, I do know this as a, um aspiring professional comedian. Now, I did my first open mic in 2008, and um, it wasn't until 2012 things started to pick up in a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, I do know uh, the more that I... Uh, learn about this craft the more i realize that i don't know anything about this mm, craft yeah, yeah and it is a craft and right. it is an art form and i know i can uh uh go and make people laugh um but i i think my act needs a lot of more work on its structure mm -hmm. and the techniques that are uh standard um for any professional comedian. You right. Know. So you don't just make up a joke and, you know, tell it. There's a way to tell it. Yeah, there's a way there's, to there's, there's terms. It. Terms I'm still learning, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I like watching, uh, there's certain com comics that I do like watching um, that I'm in awe of. And, you know, I see how well they do it and right. how effortlessly they do it. You know, my personal favorite being um, Jerry Seinfeld, mm. you know. Uh, he's an amazing comedian. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody uh, either loves Seinfeld or they hate him. Right. You know, I right. just think I think he's just amazing. Well, do you watch his, his show on Netflix about cars and, and coffee? And... Okay, I'm a little obsessed with that show. <laughs> it, people ask me to watch it, or and I even my favorite episode, Michael Richards. I yep, I watched that. Okay, yeah. and and when when Jerry was talking to him as a friend towards the end, I, you know, we've never seen Jerry like that. Right. Jerry's always, you know, Jerry. But here he was being his friend, and I thought that was a very intimate moment. Right. Now, all the things um, that he talks about with all the other comedians, you know, uh, to me, it's like, wow, this is, it's like the burning bush, you know, what he called, he, he's giving you the, the, the good stuff here. You just, you're eavesdropping on a couple of uh, uh, comedians, real comedians, professional right. comedians that have been doing this, you know, they've been doing it longer than probably I'll ever get to. Right, yeah. You know, Did you see the episode with Julia? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This is just the two of them. Just yeah, because they have off that, each other and that have work that history and friendship. Yeah. yeah. Julia's amazing. She's still married to Brad Hall. Remember Brad Hall? I do. 
Yeah, that's her husband. I didn't for know that. Many years. He's got gray hair now. Interesting. Yeah, they hooked up on SNL back in the day. Okay. Yeah, because she was uh, her and Brad, of all people. Right. Yeah, Brad yeah. Hall. I'm Brad Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I just love uh, all this stuff. Um, so let me tell me a little bit about the most difficult part in your life. That was um, I don't know what year it was, but it seemed like you were having some. Oh, difficulty. oh yes. Well, actually, uh, I've been my worst enemy my entire life. Um, I have a history of being a wild man. Um, Never would have thought that. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, yes, you should talk to my sister. A wild man that yields butcher knives and. Uh... Yes, I've always been a wild man. Um, I've been, uh, I come from a working class family, um, from the suburbs. We, I was uh, born in Oakland and I lived in Oakland. We moved to the suburbs, Pleasanton, California, the mm-hmm. jewel of the Tri-Valley. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, I didn't do really a whole lot, um, of greatness, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I went to school, uh, I graduated high school. I tried junior college mm-hmm. and I realized Junior college sucks because it's like school, you know. Uh, I went in the Marine Corps. I came out. I started. Uh, I entertained the notion of wanting to be a police officer, mm-hmm. but um, I have a cousin who is a, a longtime police officer, uh, and he told me that my big mouth would probably get me shot because <laughs> right. I don't know when to <laughs> shut up. So he saved your life. <laughs> so I was like, I figured that's a no. <laughs> So, uh, and you lasted the Marine Corps, though. It's yeah, impressive. Well, the, I, I had a... Um, you just know when to shut up. Well, I had a nickname in the, in the Marine Corps, a call sign. It wasn't anything like Maverick <laughs> or Goose. Mine was Picasso. Picasso. Because, <laughs> yes, because when you get in trouble in uh, in the Corps, they uh, they give you extra work. And extra work means a lot of painting, ah. like painting rocks and stuff. <laughs> I see. So uh, I had a streak where I would always get in trouble because I didn't know how to shut up. Mm-hmm. And I get on a shit list. You know, I wasn't a very good Marine, but you know, you, it's weird when you're in any military organization, you 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 loathe it. You know, fuck mm-hmm. these people, regardless of but whether you went there you willingly get, or not. Right. When you get out, you're a, you're you're a fanatic about it. You know. <laughs> Someday I'll speak five? fondly. Yeah, Semper Fi. We got T-shirts and stuff. You know, <laughs> but um, um, I started cutting meat. I got into the uh, butchers union. Mm-hmm. My father, a uh, longtime uh, uh, wholesale butcher, he uh, told me to go see this lady at the butcher's uh, local 120 over in Oakland. She got me. Uh, she sent me to the Safeway Meat Distribution Warehouse, which used to be in Richmond, mm-hmm. and I started there. From there, I went to markets, and then um, I learned the trade over the years. And when all this started, it was like about 19... 19- 89. But I had this idea that I wanted to be a grocery store manager. I went to Safeway and uh, took a job as a day stalker and became a grocery store manager. Um, lost the job. Uh, stupid, stupid thing to lose it for a violent episode, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but by doing that is when the bad time started. Right. Uh, which was uh, March um, 2010. I was unemployed. Now I had some... Uh, a little stand-up comedy under my my belt. I started in 2008, but I started uh, drinking more because mm-hmm. that was my thing. I was I was a drinker. I loved to drink, mm-hmm. you know. And my thing was hard alcohol. 
I couldn't tell you about the latest strawberry beer or anything like that. Or, <laughs> I, I still don't even know what IPA stands for. All right. I had Bud Light tequila, which was Cuervo, or whiskey that was Jack Daniels, you right, know, right. or Seagram 7 or whatever, or Seagram's uh, vodka, um, or whatever that crap is I used to drink. But that was my thing, hard alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because um, 2009, say uh, November 2009, I was at the top of my game. I was the uh, assistant store manager for Safeway, and I was doing some comedy, but man, I had a lot of money. Right. And then a year later, November 2010, I was homeless on the streets. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, that's when uh, somebody I knew took me to a place, a rehab place in Oakland called City Team Ministries, mm-hmm. and that's where I put the booze behind me. I was the... Uh, um, it was like one of those things, one of those things, like, if you don't get this right, that's it. You right, know? right. And, uh... So you went willingly? You willingly. Made... I had nowhere else to go. Right. There's a, if I get a long set, there is a bit, I talk a story I tell about this, and mm-hmm. it's one of these stories that uh, will make people uh, cry and laugh through their tears, because it is true and it's funny. Right. Um, but I was at uh, a point in my life where nobody wanted anything to do with me, because... Like I said, I used to be a wild man, and then in a self-destructive mode, um, I burned a lot of bridges mm-hmm. with the people closest to you. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, uh, Robin Williams said it best, uh, the late, great Robin Williams, that uh, as, as far as an alcoholic, um, you have the capacity to treat the people closest to you the worst. Right, And yeah. so uh, you put on a good facade for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But you know your your spouse, your children, your for me it would be my siblings and my my mother and my father. They're divorced, but anybody close to me, uh, they didn't want to be close to me anymore. Right. And so uh, I was at that bottom, as they call it. Um, when you're when you're homeless, <laughs> in the, uh, when you're not supposed to be homeless, that's a, that's, and when you had a lot of pride once upon a time, right. that's a difficult. <clears throat> uh, shit sandwich to digest but um in uh november 8 2010 i started my program there at city team city team is a non-profit organization uh it's a christian-based rehab that uh helps people that uh you gotta know where to go well that's brave of you to to do that i mean i don't know many people that would take the card and actually make that phone call so kudos to you for thank you well it's pretty cold november (laughs) that's a little motivation rather cold i had a nice jacket but it still was pretty fucking cold (laughs) maybe if it was like june i would have lost second thoughts about it i could sleep out in the park (laughs) it's not like it's november right right so um yeah, that's what I did. And the thing is, it's Oakland Rehab. I think if I'd have went anywhere else, it might not have worked. But Oakland Rehab, mm-hmm. uh, where City Team is, it's at 7th and Washington, which is right next to, it's on Washington, but it's at 7th and Washington. 7th Street has the Oakland Police Department, right. the courthouse, the county jail, mm-hmm. and further down Washington is the fucking coroner, right? <laughs> right. They have since so it's moved a one-stop it. shop. Well, if you don't get this right, there's another place <laughs> right. that we can send you. you know? There's a few other options mm-hmm. you can send. We'll give you a little box to live in for eternity. <laughs> right. So um, that's what I did. I uh, It got real. And one thing with City Team, uh, they take care of people who have it worse than you. Mm. So part of your program is not just um, 
AA classes and anger management classes and Bible classes. It's also taking care of um, winos and crackheads and junkies mm. and crack whores mm -hmm. and all the wonderful street people that I fell in love with. Right. Kid from Pleasanton. Yeah. Learning about so much shit. Yeah. I, I didn't know what anything was, but it was a, um, education that I think was part of uh, not scaring me mm -hmm. into getting sober, but it was uh, opening my eyes up to God, meaning these are the people you're supposed to care about. Right. These are the ones you're supposed to know their names. You're not supposed to step over them. Or pretend they don't exist. Exactly. And for the first time, my heart opened to um, not just something I wasn't uh, familiar with, like sobriety and everything, but it's people that I used to be judgmental about. Because mm -hmm. one of the things in my wild, uh, in my 20-year run, um, I used to be a hardcore right-wing, flag-waving Republican, right? And I love Republicans. I love everybody. But that's what I was, right? Uh -huh. you know? And people, I really, I really don't care what people think because I just know what's in my heart. But I always tell people that uh, uh, coming to Christ opened my heart to be a literal bleeding heart liberal mm -hmm. that cares about everything, you know? I know people have a problem with that, but... I don't yeah. really give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'm not exactly. out on the street drunk anymore. <laughs> you know, you care so much. Well, what are you in November, goddammit, right? <laughs> right? So um So your life experience and uh going through that, can you um do you put that into your set? Yeah, I, I am uh you know, I'm pretty transparent. Um the one of the, the, the terms I learned in uh in rehab or recovery, it's a, uh they love terms. They love terms and they love Words that rhyme, right? right? You know, <laughs> um, and in cartoons, right? But mm -hmm. uh, uh, flip the script. You always hear that. Yeah, you got flip the script. You got flip the script. Everybody said, it, right? You got flip the script. What the hell? Does Change that mean? your story. Change yeah. your story. So, uh, what it means is um, basically, it's not the the chemical that uh, fucked up your life. It's your behavior your belief system or lack thereof, mm -hmm. um, but behavior. And so everything I used to do, I don't do anymore. Right. And part of what I used to do was uh, hide, lie, and put up a facade. Mm -hmm. You know, I never want people to uh, know the real me, you know, or as I call it, the, the me my little sister knows, you right. know. <laughs> and uh, so um, I'm very transparent. Mm -hmm. in my life because um, uh, you know I, I that's flipping the script to me right that's doing right. the 180 to me yeah. you know instead of doing this now I'm doing the opposite because the way I used to do it got me to that cold day in November mm -hmm. you know where so um, I'm transparent uh, with it on um, in my social media and then I do have a uh, block of material that mm -hmm. I talk about being sober on stage and I have a uh, an icebreaker that uh, um, is kind of a joke that I ju juxtapose. You don't really see it coming. Gets a big laugh. Uh, my mom uh, in a cholo voice, and you don't know it's my mom. You know, you've you've heard it, right. and and um, that's how I break the thing. Uh, being um, 
talking about being sober. Right. right. So I find the humor in that. Yeah. I find uh, the, um, you know, my family showed up to my rehab graduation with beer, you know. (laughs) 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 To me, that's funny because it cracks me up. And I get a visual of my relatives carrying a keg in, (laughs) right, a bunch of Mexicans in Raider hats. I think that's funny. Right. Um, right. I want to. I want to. I want the audience to laugh with me on this, and they do. Mm-hmm. What I didn't count on, because as a comedian, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to kill the audience, and you want everybody to laugh. Um, by all this transparency, uh, people approach me um, a lot of times after a show to tell me about either their sobriety, their battle trying to stay sober, mm-hmm. or somebody close to them that has been sober or needs to get sober. Right. And um, I uh, I realized the importance and the, um, uh, not severity, but just I'm, I'm, these words that I'm giving, people are just seeing me on stage as a comedian. Right. And I'm opening my <clears throat> world to them for 10, 15, 20, whatever minutes. And that's all they know about me. Mm-hmm. And somehow... How either either they don't think I'm funny, or they think I'm funny, or they think I'm funny, and wow, you really struck a chord with me. Right. And yeah. so, um, I'm always prepared to uh, um, watch what I say when people do approach me with that, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes people are looking for advice. Right. You yeah. know. Yeah. And um, I. Uh, and and it's I, good that they have you to ask that. I mean, there's well, just a some lot of, stranger, right? Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. like you know. I don't know what they're going through, but uh, they're sharing something with me. And so make sure I give them a good uh, response. Not a bullshit response, but uh, an honest, honest, heartfelt response. Well, I appreciate you sharing that that story. And hopefully there's somebody out there that um, that you've touched and that can contact you via social media. Yeah, and, yeah. In case they... And people do. It's amazing. Yeah. Um I learned how to find those hidden messages on Facebook. And sometimes people send me, you know, nice messages. And then I've gotten death threats, you know. <laughs> people are crazy. Yeah, there are yeah. a lot of crazy people no. out there. You know, social media is, uh, if anything, is proof uh, that not everybody should be heard. <laughs> not everybody needs a voice. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty rude. You ever read, like, the comment section in a YouTube thread? It's horrible because yes, yes. there's more anonymity there, right? You know, right? And, and and the things people say, or even the content in a like news thread on Facebook, mm-hmm. yes. You know, who are these demons? You know, these, these jackals? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and uh, they have the access to to get their opinion out there, but good lord, their opinion. Well, and horrible. I think that's why a lot of celebrities don't read things in the media yeah. and you know read their critics read social read media their, stuff read their fan mail I think fan mail? Like, there'd be a line on golden gate bridge if they did right because you know they take it to heart this one guy sent me something you are not funny you are a joke i hope you die <laughs> oh my god <laughs> did you tell your brother to stop yeah yeah seven? exactly <laughs> could you tell mom <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, wow, this guy doesn't even know me. And then these jackals, there's no way. They always have all the privacy settings on there. You know, right, you yeah. can't even friend them, you know. 
Well, there's a reason why. <laughs> that's what they do. That, that's their contribution. But for the most part, all this new, um, like all this media, I never had time for it when I drank because, you know, I had to drink. Yeah. I had to work and I had to go drink. Right. Um, so I never had time for any of this. And uh, now, you know, um, I love it. Good for you. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it's nice to see you uh, finally, you know, being able to quit your day job and do that this That was kind of a blessing in itself. So, why don't you take us out and tell us a quick joke. Well, let's see. What am I working on? Uh, I've been working on a lot of material. You know, I got uh, married last year. A wonderful lady named Jerry. Um, we went to high school together. And because of Facebook, we reconnected. See? Right? Mark Zuckerberg's at right? it again. Everybody hates Mark Zuckerberg. I'm like, yo, Zuck, thank you for the wife. Because <laughs> yeah. I've never been married before. And I found my awesome wife. It's a dating service. You didn't even know it. We were doing dating apps. Now they want to do dating apps. It's like, no, no. <laughs> right. He said, it's not a hookup. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. You know? You can find your wife. Um, she gets on me about uh, um, talking about her. Um, and I've done it while she's in the audience, you know. So nice of you to do that. Exactly. But and you I probably point her out. But she's my, uh, I do, don't I? Um, I do point her out. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I have this joke she hates for me to tell it, right? Well, tell it then. And, exactly. And, and, you know, matter of <laughs> fact, can you give me a ride home? Because I'll be yeah. walking. You know, I can take you to the bar. Yeah, thank you. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll wake up an apology by then. It's not even a bad joke. It's just a silly, cute joke that endears her to me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and it's really a joke in progress because I think it could be funnier. Right. But it, it, well, we'll be the judge of that. It's, it, well, she's not going <laughs> to But it, and, and she always says, don't tell that joke about me. And I'm not making fun of her. It just endears me. It's her personality that I think. Mm-hmm. We were looking for a movie to watch at our old place, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to watch a movie. We love watching movies, you know? And uh, I said, um, have you ever seen The Rat Pack? And she said, no, what's that? I go, it's an HBO movie that came out, and it's about Frank Sinatra in uh, The Rat Pack helping John F. Kennedy um, win the election, mm-hmm. that, you know, against, uh, against Nixon. And she's like, uh, well, who's in it? And I'm like, oh, Ray Liotta, he plays Frank Sinatra. And she's like, oh, really? And I go, yeah, but he does a good job, you know? Because he does, you know. And then I said, Joe Montana is Dean Martin, and Don Cheadle is Sammy Davis Jr. And uh, Bobby Slayton, comedian Bobby Slayton from San Francisco, he plays Joey Bishop, you mm-hmm. know? And I really like this movie. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. And so she said, who plays Eddie Fisher? And I said, Eddie Fisher? Eddie Fisher's not in the Rat Pack. I don't want to watch it. And so I'm like, are you a big Eddie Fisher fan? She's like, no, I can't stand him. He left Debbie Reynolds for Liz Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, why did you ask about Eddie Fisher? So the joke I'm trying to, is it's how, um, how, uh, it's like um, men and women. How women think, right? You know, right. the thinking was, if Eddie Fisher was in this portrayed in this movie, um, I figured she would want to sit there and hate Eddie Fisher, right. and hate yeah. <laughs> because 
the deal breaker was he wasn't in it, and right. I don't like him, so I don't want to watch it. Right? <laughs> right, exactly. I think that's hilarious. Um, I think it's cute. Yes. I think it's, uh, uh, it endears uh, her to me because that's how she is. She's uh, My wife is a deep thinker. Right, it's a good you know, thing you got her around. Yes, she's uh, definitely uh, uh, lived some life, and um, she's, uh, aside you know, on paper, smarter than me, but, um, <laughs> she's, uh, uh, way smarter than me. And sometimes she will, um, tell me something about myself and I'm like, how did you know that? Right. Right. Because it's the way, uh, I think women are smarter than men anyway, but, um, especially me, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, well, you know, you were, you were given the gift of comedy, not necessarily the gift of, you know, I can make people anything else. Laugh and, yeah, I wasn't given much. <laughs> I can cut me, and I'm not that good of a butcher, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, I, we, we make a really good... Here's another thing about marriage I didn't understand. Um, I've never felt so free in my hmm. life. People, you know, the old ball and chain, and right. I've heard... And, and with comedians doing stuff about marriage. Um, God, I've never felt this free. That's interesting. You know, it, it's it really is amazing. Hmm. You know, and it's uh, it just seems to get better every day or every w- closing of a week. Right. You know, yeah. like on Sunday night and Monday, small Monday. You know, and uh, I look back on the week and all that's because you don't have to go to work. Oh, it's so, nice. You know, whatever. Got yeah. So I'm how going. can people reach you? Uh, social media. Social media. You can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, Comedian Mario the Butcher. Or you could uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Comedian Mario the Butcher. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or you can follow me on Snapchat, Comedian Mario the Butcher. <laughs> or, um, or just send me men- uh, money on Venmo at Mario the there Butcher. <laughs> but, if, uh, you know, um, Facebook, uh, I'm Mario A. Montez. And, uh, you know, I people send me friend requests all the time. And I, I vet them. Okay. All right. Meaning I'll accept. I mean, if it looks kind of, you know, they, they don't have any mutual friends. Okay, right. that's one thing. If they don't have any, I don't know. If you, they don't have know. any friends, period. Well. Forget it. You know, no, I give them a chance. <laughs> but then then you get the, you know, dude, would you like to see nude photos of me? You know. <laughs> Delete. That's material for your, you know, stand-up. I get that. But uh, you can (laughs) find me on social media or you could um, find me tomorrow at Lake Merritt. I'll be walking around Lake Merritt. All right. Noon. Right on. Everybody go down to Lake Merritt. Yeah. I love Lake Merritt. Yeah, it's gorgeous over there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For coming on Women Who Sarcast. Yes. And uh, we'll definitely have you back if you'll... Oh, yes. Have us. I, I, I don't know. You, this might be a one and done deal for you. It's no, like, oh, no, okay, no. It's whatever. never done. It's like a joke. Comedian Cody Woods once told me, a joke is never done. All right. Kind of like life. Right. Until you die. Well, then it's pretty <laughs> then final. Then you <laughs> yeah. Mario who? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for well, having Well, thanks, me. Mario. You take care. Thank you.